0: all right everyone uh we're here at 343 labs and i have dan freeman uh with me who is going to be talking to us about his crazy self-made controller um Dan and I have been friends a long time, and and colleagues. Uh, we used to teach together at Dubspot. Uh, he's a certified Ableton trainer and uh, amazing musician. Welcome, Dan.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me here at three four three.
0: Yeah, of course. Uh, so today we're going to spend a few minutes just talking about your uh, your instrument, uh, which I know you've been building for some time, and and kind of. Uh, I guess, practicing, and, and, and um, yeah, we just want to learn more about it.
1: Sure. Well, I mean, the, the instrument itself is really just, as you can probably see, is, is a pretty actually simple thing. It's just a push with uh, a nano control and a, a Newmark uh, orbit controller. Um, but I think, you know, for, for me, it's as a live kind of electronic music uh, performer, It's it's really kind of been something that's been a lot of fun. I put it together in August. And really all it is, it's my setup that used to be a table um, that I'm now wearing on my body. And I think just for me personally, you know, as a bass player, that's something that just kind of makes sense. Um, But also I think, too, you know, it's something that I felt when I, you know, after spending years as a bass player, because I was a session player here in New York, um, where, you know, I was used to actually playing instruments uh, and wearing them. And I think, actually, as performers, uh, w- there is something to be said about wearing an instrument. Um, mm-hmm. it, there was actually, a, I once, like y- years ago, saw a TED talk, I don't know, Max, if you've seen it. It's the, um, on power poses.
0: Oh, no. Oh, wait, the one with the... Yes, with the Wonder Woman pose. (laughs) Yeah, the Wonder Woman pose, yeah. Yeah.
1: And so what's interesting is that, you know, and for those of you who don't know it, if you really want to kind of like feel confident, you know, before uh, a date or, I don't know, before an interview, you literally stand for two minutes in what's called the Wonder Woman pose, which is your feet apart, Uh like chest out, you know. um, I do that every morning.
0: (laughs) uh, (laughs) It works, look. (laughs) So...
1: So the point was is that I felt like what's interesting is like when you play on stage with an acoustic instrument, you know, whether it's a sax, whether it's a bass, electric guitar, the instrument actually will naturally force you into that position, which is why there is something cool about looking at people playing acoustic instruments. I mean, you wear a bass and you are like this, chest open. That's why I
0: play the saxophone. Right.
1: Exactly, <laughs> or singing, or whatever it is. Right. The problem with electronic music performance when you're playing behind a table is it's the opposite. You naturally go like this. And that is, like, the opposite of power pose Mm -hmm. uh, because your chest is closed and you're directing energy kind of inward rather Mm -hmm. than outward. So for me, you know, um, somebody suggested that I take the stuff on the table and put it back onto my body. And so, you know, I went to Home Depot and put it together. And I feel just, like, the energy-wise has really kind of allowed me to, you know, get back to focusing energy outwards rather than kind of inwards.
0: So um, let's just take a step back and just talk about uh, your Kind of your uh, relationship with Ableton Live. You've been playing uh, or you've been performing with Ableton Live since 2005. Um, can you talk a little bit about how it's changed since then?
1: Sure, sure. Um, yeah, I really actually got into Ableton um, many years ago. Uh, for that reason, actually, to play live. For me, it was for years it was not a something I used for production. Um, now I do. And <clears throat> interesting enough, the the reason I first got into it was I was playing with an artist Uh, I was actually musically directing the artist and it was a time when the record companies were really cutting cutting back budgets so we actually they wanted to send us to Berlin um, actually to play at Berghain which I had no idea what it was but (laughs) um, at the time it was just a club and so so so, but we can only bring three people and so you know I wanted to go to Berlin I would never been there before the singer and then we decided to bring a drummer Running Ableton. Um, so, the w- way we originally used Ableton was really just kind of like to play back tracks. Um, it was almost to do like karaoke. I mean, something you could pretty much do with your phone now mm-hmm. just by hitting play. I think, like, in the years that kind of I've been working with Ableton, you know, I, I've seen it become much more of a true live instrument. And by live performance, and, and I don't mean this to denigrate, say, like DJs in any way who I totally respect and admire and are really heroes of mine. But for me, a live performance is creating music for the space, for the people, for the moment. Um, And so that means moving away from kind of like pre-recorded stuff, although again, there's nothing wrong with playing live with pre-recorded stuff, but moving towards electronic music created in the moment. And so, you know, in these last, (coughs) I guess, 14 years now, um, you know, I've seen kind of like, I feel like there is definitely much more of a movement to get the electronic sound, um, but, to use it less as a playback machine and more as like an instrument or a true music kind mm-hmm. of creation machine.
0: And were there things that you find that Ableton can do now or live can do now that he couldn't do back then? Or how has the progression been since in the last uh, 14 years? Yeah.
1: I think actually, for me, the most one of the most powerful things um, that exists now that didn't exist then is hmm. CliffX. Okay. And Cliffx, for those of you who don't know, is a scripting program. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's made by a guy named Stray who made it at first for native control. and now it's actually um, now it actually it is Cliffex Pro, so now it costs forty dollars. It was for you. It was free. Mm-hmm. Um, but what Cliffex enables you to do is a very simple scripting language and it enables you to basically customize controllers mm-hmm. um so that like, instead of moving your mouse around uh, to control Ableton, like you can basically assign like, I don't know, almost unlimited functions to single buttons. Mm. And um, I think part of, you know, for me personally, I guess just my own journey in this is is basically getting away from ever looking at a laptop during a live performance because I I just personally think that that's a buzzkill and it's also distracts, you know, again, if if performance is really about transmission of energy, Mm. um, both to the audience and taking it from the audience, like this gets in the way of that. Of course. So 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 the great thing about CliffX is that functions that you previously would have to do with a mouse can now be done with controllers.
0: All right, cool. So Dan, so I guess you were talking about like y- how you wanted to bring the push away from the table and onto your body and play it like a bass mm-hmm. or like a an instrument that is standing up. Um if you were to generalize or even you know, how did you approach building your controller and, like, putting it all together and, like, maybe talk generally about how anyone yeah. would go about sure. making their own controller? Sure.
1: Yeah, it's a good question. Um, like, three years ago, I had the privilege of, of working with um, Roger Lynn um, at, at, at NYU. And mm-hmm. uh, so Roger came and gave a talk, and then, you know, I was able to spend some time with him. And he told me something really cool. He said, like, we are in the... Dark ages of musical interfaces for computers, meaning that the computers can do incredible stuff like with sound design, with looping, et cetera, et cetera. But the interfaces that we've been assigning them are actually, and and this is coming from the person who probably actually invented a lot of these interfaces. Yeah, he just considered them really kind of like stupid and backwards, mm-hmm. as and they're just kind of like buttons. Um, and so I, I don't know. It's it's not whether I agree or kind of disagree with him, but. Where I do agree with him is, is I think like we are in this like really kind of interesting period where it's like we're so advanced here on the laptop, <clears throat> but it's like there's no set controller mm. that exists, you know, in, in any kind of form. So in a sense, it's like it's up to people, any live performer. And that's actually really the great thing about this moment is that any live performer can build their own controller. Mm. um to you know to do whatever they want it to do or however they're comfortable with it there's really no rules it's kind of the wild west at this point um this controller was put together with like you know a bunch of velcro and, and uh you know I went to home depot and bought some clamps and velcro so it cost me um 18. <laughs> um so there's there's nothing high tech about actually just throwing something like this together and again it's like you can be kind of as creative as you want i think actually th- the creativity of this comes not Necessarily here, but it comes actually with the programming uh, of Ableton, which is another very big part
0: of it. Right. So you're obviously using the Push. I'm using the Push. And um, and then what else? Is, what else do you have?
1: I have a, uh, I have a Nano Control too, and I have a, a Novation. Um, okay. a, uh, sorry. Excuse me. No, Nova- a Numark Orbit.
0: Okay. And and so I guess you had to make a decision about which controllers you were going to use. So how did you make those decisions?
1: Uh, you know, these were I was using them live anyway. so interestingly enough like when i had this on a table um basically i was always using my right hand to make music and my left hand to like you know have like expression and and effects so so it was kind of like an easy an easy decision uh so that's still on this instrument how i do it's right hand music left hand um kind of you know expression and effects
0: okay uh great now here's the um Here's the big question: yes. What happens when technology breaks down?
1: Well, you know, it, it's having. Does it ever? It does it ever? <laughs> <laughs> it, it's it's more like what happens when it doesn't break down? All oh, right. Okay. Know? Then you're just like, wow, you know, that's. That. So look, the thing is, I think as an electronic music performer, and you know, I mean, you're a very experienced uh, performer yourself. It's like something's always going to go wrong. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's just without a doubt. Yeah. Um. So I think really kind of what separates you know people who are experience doing it with people who aren't as experienced is not whether stuff goes wrong because it will go wrong for everybody Mm. Um, But uh, I think in terms of like how fast you can you can deal with it And I I think like kind of like the pieces of advice uh, I would give is that first of all, it's super important to know All of your gear. I mean like absolutely know like what every single knob and every single fader does Um, and for me, one of the great things too about putting an instrument together like this, as opposed to having it on a table, is that the positions never shift, so I can always use muscle memory mm-hmm. uh, rather than actually think. And I, I, I think thinking in live performance is not a good thing. Yeah. Um, th- the other thing too is like you you have to have your programming within Ableton has to be super clean. Mm-hmm. Um, so that means you know when you set up the sets, you've got to keep your CPU low. You've got to watch out for external plugins, all all of these things. Um, uh, I've I've had the, priv- the privilege of having uh, Daniel Mitseris, who's the um, sound designer, keyboardist for Saint Vincent, who also has a great course up on Lynda.com on live performance, mm-hmm. and he he says something really funny but true, which is that if if Ableton crashes during a live performance, it's your fault. <laughs> and That's true. Yeah. And and he's right. Yeah. And the fact is that like you've got to practice a lot, just like you would any instrument. Yeah. And when something goes wrong, you have just got to immediately get to the root of why it's going wrong yeah. and fix it. Um, and, and, you know, you do that, and Ableton is actually f- fairly reliable. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but, again, something will always go a little bit off or be a little wrong, and that's you knowing your equipment and being able to, like, fix it Okay. before the audience notices.
0: Yeah, that's great advice. And uh, speaking of practicing, do you approach this instrument just like any other instrument that you have to practice? Do you, sh- like, shed it?
1: Yeah, a great question. Um, and it's funny because you know both of us are have an instrumental background. Um, I I do shed it okay. like uh, for you know now for last couple months I have been you know shedding it every morning for you know th- not a long time uh, mm-hmm. I don't necessarily have a lot of time. Yeah. But um, thirty to thirty minutes to an hour. Yeah. Wow. And you know I practice like technical exercises just like I would an instrument, and I actually do a recording. I record a little song every morning with it. Wow! So it really kind of, you know, I find that like by just kind of that repetitive practice, it allows me to just really start flowing with the instrument and, mm-hmm. you know, being able to create stuff.
0: And then your, so your, is your repertoire, so we're going to hear you play yes. uh, tonight at the, um, at the, at the show tonight. Yeah. Um, is your repertoire improvised? Is it, uh, pre Is, talk us about like how you yeah. put together your repertoire.
1: Yeah, it's a good question. Um. At this moment, so what I'm in the process of actually making my first record with this. Nice. And so what I what I've been doing is uh, I'm basically create. I'm 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 really shooting to create like forty thirty second songs. And then I'm gonna work with
0: um 40, 30 second songs. Yeah,
1: forty thirty second songs. Yeah. Okay. So, so I'm now at like How does tw- that work? No twenty-five. You just sit down every morning and write thirty seconds of music. Okay. You know, from an improvisation. Okay, cool. You know, most of them are garbage. But um I, I'm, I, I've been working the last couple of months in the studio with a, um, you know, I've had the privilege to work with um, Alejandro Vega, who's a producer instrumentalist from Nicaragua. Mm-hmm. We've been working closely. So once I get hit 40, we're going to go and pick five and then develop out five. Oh, okay. okay, okay Cause okay. again, go most ahead. of them are, oh, okay, are okay, throwaways okay. Um, for the repertoire tonight. Uh, what I'm going to do is, so what I've been doing in the meantime, when I'm playing live is I have like some general ideas and I use those as the bases of improvisations, mm-hmm. um, and so that's that's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to play a couple of those. Okay. Um, you know, plus li- I do I do have a piece that I have learned, uh-huh. that's by a a famous composer. But Bach. Yes. 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 I yep. love that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So so I've been cello working, suites. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, cello yeah. suites. So yeah. I've been working on the cello suite. That's really actually the cello suite is one of the greatest ways, and you can actually practice it if you really want to get your push chops up. And yeah. It doesn't matter here or like this it's like literally to take up a uh, bach cello suite because they're, they're one note composition i uh, sorry yeah. one line compositions yeah yeah and they are just the most you know technical like you know kind of inc- most incredible exercises. for any do. instrument really any yeah instrument. so yeah, that's
0: yeah. yeah that's that's great I, when i heard you play that first i was like yeah that's that's so cool yeah. like bringing you know the ultimate classical tradition with like the the yeah. ultimate new technology um yeah. of the next century yeah.
1: yeah, it's funny because it it does work really well on the push because the push actually has, you know, it's it's divided into perfect force and. Uh
0: huh. So you have it tune You have it set up like a bass. I do have it set up like a bass. Okay.
1: Yeah. We really like. It's really for me. I consider it like an eight string bass.
0: Okay. Yeah. Cool. All right. Great. Um, final question then. Sure. Um, where do you see technology going? And this could be. Um, uh, where do you see Ableton Live going, but 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 also just generally, where do you see technology and tech, uh, technology performance going yeah. in the next um, whatever many years?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. Um, I, I think there's a couple things that I see kind of really happening with it. Uh, I see you know I could be wrong on this, but I, I kind of see the laptop being phased out over time. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that you know these will kind of be incorporated more and more into into controllers. Uh, f- first of all, uh, which i, I don 't think is, is is a bad thing um, mm-hmm. or maybe at least on stage, you know the, they may be kind of like powerful machines kind of in the back. Mm-hmm. Um, so I see the development of new kind of controllers or new kind of instruments uh, that people just <coughs> put together and kind of learn just like they did uh, older instruments. Uh, I also see much more integration with uh, visuals mm-hmm. uh, yeah. I- to create I think like concerts for the future are going to be like truly you know like multimedia or like multi-sensory experiences sure you know um visuals who knows smell i don't know yeah yeah you yeah. You all of those things to really kind of like take you into a totally different world holograms yeah yeah all yeah. this kind of stuff to kind of lift you into an alternative kind of reality
0: all right cool well thanks so much dan for stopping by and and uh talking us through uh your introducing your instrument to us really looking forward to the show um always great to have you here and uh yeah, we yeah we can't wait to can't wait to see what what this is gonna do on stage for us. Cool thanks
1: Max thanks for uh, thanks for having me and congrats to all the great stuff you guys are doing here.
0: Thank you so much.
1: 343 Labs is an electronic music school and community in downtown Manhattan. We offer courses for all levels of learning electronic music production, with course topics including Ableton Live, Logic, Synthesis for Music Producers, Songwriting and Music Theory, and more. To learn more about 343 Labs, head to 343labs.com. Make sure you subscribe to this channel for more tutorials with our instructors, master classes, and content from our electronic music community.